0: From the uh, Christmas CD called Believe, which is available on iTunes. Hello and welcome. It's the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you're here. If you've missed any of the program, also available on iTunes or glennbeck.com slash podcast. or Our podcast, you can listen at any time, anywhere at your convenience and never miss an episode. Welcome back. Uh, We're talking a little bit about uh, Ferguson. And um, uh, just a few minutes ago, I, I spoke about how this is this the president's speech and everything else is such a spirit of uh, uh, anti-Gandhi, if you will, anti-Martin Luther King. I don't want to say anti-Christ because everybody will make it, Glad just call him the devil. But that, that was the spirit that they had. Peaceful protests, peaceful revolutions. That was his idea. Gandhi took that idea and ran with it. Gandhi took it, so did Martin Luther King. That is the peaceful way, the peaceful resistance to make a point. And that's what Americans and typically the West has always um, uh, looked to. What they're trying to do is uh, set a revolution off in America. And this is this shouldn't be surprising. They tried to do this in World War One. Uh, the left did, the communists did. In fact, you can read about it. I'm trying to remember which episode or which chapter it is in the new book "Dreamers and Deceivers," but um, it was the one we talked about last uh, last week. Man, I can't remember, but um, where we've talking about the, um, uh, the the bombs that were being set off. They were trying to set a revolution off in 1919. They tried again during the 1930s. It, it, it happened in Berkeley, in Oakland, California. It happened in Chicago. It happened in New York. They, they took to the streets. They tried to do it by organizing all of the labor unions and getting the labor unions to do it. One of the most fascinating books you'll ever read is uh, uh, called... Uh, uh, now I can't remember. It's, it, but it's about building of the engine of World War II and how we finally, finally had some common sense after Pearl Harbor and we started rebuilding, I think it's America's forge or something like that, freedom's forge. And, uh, it talks about how we built the engine back up to be able to win world war two after, you know, a decade of progressive, Ideology that killed our business sector and killed our manufacturing sector. But in that, you will see all of the times that the labor unions went and they tried to riot in the streets, tried to overturn the peaceful attitude of America's nature. I believe that's what's happening. And I want to show you Francis Fox Piven, everybody's favorite grandmother who, you know, is baking cookies (laughs) and also sowing the seeds of revolution in universities all across our country. I want you to see what she said. Now, this is what, two years ago, guys? Uh, I think more like four. Okay. So here she is. This is during the Occupy Wall Street where they tried to gin that thing up. They tried for the revolution then. That's what the whole 1%. You don't hear about the wealthiest 1% anymore. You don't hear about we are the 99 anymore. Why? Because it failed. And so once it fails, they just go and they try something else. Right now, they're trying Ferguson. And they're trying to sow the seeds throughout all of America. Listen to what Francis Fox Piven, and you tell me that this is the spirit of Christ. You tell me this is the spirit of Gandhi or Martin Luther King. Listen to how she talks about the protesters and how she talks about peace and love and true justice. Listen.
1: I have uh, a considerable respect for uh, nonviolence, uh-huh. but I don't treat it as uh, inevitably... Mm. A necessary rule. The reason I have respect for nonviolence is that I think it helps to protect the protesters. The espousal of the goal of nonviolence is a form of self-defense. Now, everybody Ah. knows that the civil rights movement in the South professed nonviolence, that people were taught to cover their heads when the white
0: I just want to show you. I just want to ask you a question. Is that why Jesus talked about peace? <laughs> did Jesus talk about peace as a protective mode? Is that what he was all about? Was he saying, hey, listen, hey, 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 they're coming with torches. Peter takes his sword out and uh, cuts off the ear of a soldier. Jesus heals him. Is it because, like, hey, hey, you're going to make this bad for me during the trial? Stop it. <laughs> Don't. We're all going to get killed here. Or did he believe it? There was so crazy about this. D- did Martin Luther King, did Gandhi, did Gandhi starve himself merely as a protective mode? And more or importantly, did
2: he actually believe it? More importantly, did Jesus sound like Thurston Howell III? That's <laughs> no, no. I am yeah. going you, to he heal my, him because that will help my uh, revolution. Uh, <laughs>
0: can, can I just say? Can you imagine if any of us would have said, if I would have said on the air, "Look, I, I believe in nonviolence." I, 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 I. You can hear how she's struggling and laboring to get this right. Yep. I, I, I have respect for nonviolence. Imagine if I would have said this on the air, but I, I only see it really as a, a way to protect the protesters. Yeah. I, I mean, Can think you about imagine? W- think about what she's saying there. She's saying, I respect nonviolence, not because I don't want you to kill people. It's mm-hmm. because I don't want you to be killed. Right. Yes. Unbelievable. Okay, here's some more.
1: Mobs came to beat them up uh, and to just endure the spitting, the... Uh, beating and so forth. Uh, But violence, the violence of the white mob was being used strategically in those demonstrations. Mm -hmm. Do you think they didn't know that the mob was going to beat them up? Of course they did. They were trying to do, they were using violence. Violence was part of those movements and part of why they were successful
2: that is an amazing uh a piece of audio because she is struggling like you said uh, initially struggling so hard to find exactly the right way to frame this she's not struggling because she's in she's an aged old grandmother she's struggling because she doesn't want to say exactly she's what a she radical means, revolutionary yeah she wants you to know she's mm-hmm, a radical mm-hmm. revolutionary but she doesn't want to get that out to the press necessarily and give them and give the right something to beat her with. Uh, Like the press
0: would even most people in the press don't know. know who Francis Fox Piven is. And when they think they, when Francis Fox Piven, Cloward and Piven strategy, this is the Occupy wall street architect. This is the one who with their husband went back from Columbia University in the 1960s and saw the Watts riots, saw what is happening now in the streets of Ferguson, saw the Watts riots and said, if we could just make this happen all over the country, we win. We win. The progressives in the early 20th century didn't want the violence. The progressives in the early 20th century, the reason why there is a progressive movement is because... They said, let's just take this. By the way, if I hear one more progressive, tell me, oh, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. There's no such thing as a slippery slope. What is your definition of progressive all about? That is the definition of the slippery slope. You take one step, and then you take the next step, and then you take the next step, and pretty pretty soon, you're at the bottom of the hill. That's the slippery slope. That is your strategy. They were arguing with the communists and the fascists. We want to be fascist. We want to be communist. Because we know this America thing, this freedom thing, doesn't work. We have to either be communist or fascist. Which will it be? The progressives still argued back and forth. I don't know. Progressive? Uh, maybe, Maybe we should be fascist. Or communist? They still didn't decide. What they decided on was, we don't want revolution on the streets. We'll take it one bite size at a time. The real communist wanted revolution. The real fascist wanted revolution. But the average person in the progressive party said, no, that is un-American. And here she is. She's going back in the 1960s and saying, you know what? If we could just start the whole world on fire like the Watts riots, we'd have something. We'd have our glorious revolution. Here she is now. This is at Occupy Wall Street saying, where's the violence? I I love nonviolence, but maybe it's time for a little violence.
2: Go ahead, play the rest. Yeah, we did. Um we, we, we pretty oh, well it. took care of that. Yeah. But like, we we have something Thank similar you. from from Missouri State Senator uh, uh Maria Chappelle Nadal. Did you did you hear her comments last night? Kind of to to me it seemed no, kind of I, along I the missed, lines.
0: I missed Senator Nadal's statements. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Aren't
2: you a member of senatornadal.com? she posted it. I don't understand. No, I, oh I uh, missed that see if any of this sounds sort of uh francis fox pivot i
1: have to tell you this is st louis's race war we didn't have a race war like other cities throughout the country this is our race war and Mm. people have to be open and they have to be honest and they have to be earnest and Mm. they have not been earnest Not only has this Mike Brown movement revealed the true intentions of people in police departments across the state, but I have to tell you that there has been systematic racism institutionally in state government and for Mm. decades, including my own state party. So what we are looking at right now is a symptom of racism that has been swept under the rug for decades.
0: I am so Stop glad now second. that the truth is... Is that Wait, not firing things up? Tell me what you think the most important thing... What is the thing that jumped out at you on this? Let's go around, see if anybody else picks up what I just picked up.
2: Um, I mean, uh, outside of the big stuff, I noticed she said something about her own party there, um, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of uh-huh.
0: interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If Democrats... If you think the radicals are going to stop with John McCain, Mitt Romney, the Tea Party, if you think the radicals are going to stop with us, you're out of your mind. Yeah, and by the way, you're just the last stop on the choo-choo train. What, is, what the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah, She is clearly just saying it is, uh, it is also in my party as well. Uh, You know what, if you want to look for if you want to look for racism, you probably should start in the Democratic Party, seeing it was the Democratic Party, not the Republican Party in the 1960s. It was the Democrat in the 1860s, in the 1820s. It was the Democrats in the 1880s, in the 1920s. If you want to find racism, let's just stop our little choo choo train at Woodrow Wilson's desk. Should we start there? Hey, Stu, got anything off the top of your head on how racist Woodrow Wilson is?
2: Oh, <laughs> there's plenty. I can give you uh, dozens of links. But yeah, I mean, uh, he, you know, one of the most, you know, you go to the the guy who restarted the KKK in America, who did KKK 2.0, the reboot, as he hosted KKK praising movies and their premieres in the White House. And and he's the guy who resegregated the military. <laughs> So it's so, kind of a racist move
0: to, move as well. So we got that one for you. So, Ms. Yeah. Nadal, uh, you're, uh, you're right. You're right. There is racism in your own party. Systematic <laughs> racism. It's what you were built on. Congratulations. Back in a minute.
2: The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program. The Blaze Radio Network.